Good morning. It's good to see uh, most of the people back, and then some people who are able to make it here for Ben uh, Asmanim. And we're going to go to the Mechtam Elio on page four in your handouts, which we had already from two weeks ago. So if you're listening online, we have many weeks ahead, Baruch Hashem, of just the Hagdama trying to figure out the Kachis of Shemshin and his Nisayan. You know, Desla mentioned that he's already a blend, born into being a blend of Shevet Yehuda and Shevet Dan. Both of them have the Kayach of the Aryeh. And we're explaining what that Kayach is, and it certainly doesn't only mean a physical Kayach. So let's start one paragraph into page 271, which is page 4 of the copies. So what is he taking from the Bechir of the Shvatim of Shevet Yehuda? Yehuda was chosen to go into battle first. Over here, he's not only going into battle first, he's going into battle first, last, and in the middle, he's going alone. So the Dimyon already is a centralized Kayach from an entire Shevet put into one person, which, as you can imagine, is going to be part of this Nisayan. It's not only daunting and on paper dangerous to be fighting alone, it's also not very popular, especially when people don't really understand what you're doing, which is going to be a theme we're going to work on over here. The people sort of understood that the Berchus Yaakov applied to him, not to a shevet. He's representing the shevet, And he has to look like a renegade and not really be one, which he won't be. He'll be very from as an understatement, uh, despite the not hitting the benchmark of what he could possibly do, but he came as close as a human being can come, and it's not going to be very popular. Yes? Is this different than Moshe did? Very different. Moshe Rabbeinu, again, takes a lot of gvuras and nefesh. Moshe Rabbeinu was nervous about the schusim he might have, and of course, Baruch tells him that the schusim were there, but they ran out, and it got paid back by Elamazeh. But picture Moshe Rabbeinu standing within Klai Yisrael, and everybody's right behind him, even though he's the one holding the javelin. Here, Shimshon has to look like a traitor, look like he's off Rahman Luslan, look like he's picking a personal vendetta, and why pick a fight at Chevrobrochus? I advise people when they make simchas. Like that's not the time to start making bets. Probably making bets is not a good idea. All the time. But certainly when you ask a riddle, nobody could possibly answer business. Sort of like an inside story. I didn't get to any of this yet, but I'm presupposing you know the basic uh, storyline. And if you don't, we'll, we'll get to it hopefully over the next year. So he's looking to pick fights because that's the only way during this period of relative Hester upon him that he could possibly scare them enough to at least think twice before they pick on somebody from Claysville. And that will work. It will work well. That's not a very popular... And he has everybody guessing, certainly on the Plushti side, and even by the Yidden, they sort of understood somewhat of the plot. 
But as you get into the Pesukim and the Plishtim register a complaint with Shevi Yehuda themselves, they come to Shimshin complaining. Says, well, it was going well, but you shouldn't start up with them, and they're strong. And what do we do? They're surrounding the city. They want us to hand you over. Really all sorts of halachic uh, issues over here. So how much are they playing along? He certainly told them, as long as you don't touch me, I don't have to fight you. So you can... Hand me over and I'll take care of it. But that small little story is going to take us a few weeks. Just the Tunulana Echabikem. That's a Yerushalmi. You can't do that. So everybody's in a predicament. Nobody knows exactly what's going on. And it was not very popular. So we're talking about Gvurus and Nefesh here, besides having to face the enemy himself. And that's what he's going to explain again. Ma, when you take the Gvurus, that's uh, quite a harasha. Nachrius over here means starting off as Nachrius. The Ramam says quite clearly, and we will see this Ramam inside. This will be the lion chair, no pun intended, although it's not a bad one. Uh, the difficulty in the sugi of the Geiris over here, to do a Geiris l'chatchil l'shem, Ishish is already b'di'evid. The question is the Kabbalah's mitzvahs and what happened over here, so we'll get to that separately. But the Ramam says... Shimshin, the Mashiach, Yisrael, and uh, Shlomo Melech, who's Yedid Hashem, did not marry Shiksas. Right, clearly, the Gerus was Chal, as complicated as it was, an unusual thing to do. Unusual, again, is a vast understatement. Begeda Harasha, he puts in the brackets, I'll get back to that soon. It shouldn't start to wear him down. In terms of Fraying of the Madrig of Ruchnis, he was on Taikif, Zeh, Mishal Yehuda, Daim, Lebechinis, Taikif, Shoshlama, Melech. His Dimian, Odessa's Dimian here is very interesting. I'll point out in a moment why I find his Dimian and his possible Chilik She'amar, Ani Abrevala Osir. If you remember the Sugi and Sanhedrin, has a lot to say on this statement. It says, Layabel and Oshim, Ani Abrevala Osir, and the Gemara more than insinuates that Kosh Baruch Hu, because of Shlomo Melech's godless, and I think because he was Melech Yisrael, and Melech Yisrael has absolute power, uh, absolute power to run the direction of the country. He has no power in terms of designing dinim, and that's, that's the problem over here. It's Xerxes Akosiv, Layabal The maximum is 18. The Gemara lines out, Madrasha. And he says, that's because which Rab Shimon might have done. He doesn't do it in that sukkah in particular. And he's punished. And the Baruch makes an example of it where whatever can go wrong goes wrong. And they start being matamtem, the atmosphere in Yushalayim with their Avadazars. To the extent that Shlomo Elch himself is charged with the Avadazar, it's clear he didn't do anything wrong. As Odessa is going to point out, he's called uh, the Yedid Hashem, and the only critique is, Ein Sholem David which means he wasn't as great as his father. He's actively doing Avodazar. He's involved in Avodazar practices. That's not the critique. The critique is he's allowing Avodazar. So, if you remember from the Sherman Malachim, his grandmaster plan, which almost worked, was that he's going to bring the Shver to Shalayim, and the Shver is a king in every single city-state in the Middle East, and he's going to marry the daughter to bring him for Shevra Brachis. 
and it's going to see the Niflus Hashem, and they're going to be Makabal Al Mukhushamayim, and they're going to join Kleiser on the effort to be Magdal Kfoid Shem Hashem, and the Mashiach is going to come. He's supposed to be the Mashiach. Great plan. It wasn't because he wanted to be the Mashiach, because he was trying to bring the Tikkun of the Gula Shlema, and it almost worked. Sounds like from the Gemara, the Farshim point this out, that Badafka Hashem wouldn't let it work because if a king does a hurrah show like this with his public profile and his power and somebody else is going to misuse it, and in this case, he certainly cannot be Darish time at a crawl, and there are no exceptions and the rule doesn't bend. Even if it's going to bend for somebody, it'll bend for Shalom Melech. Because he deserves it and he's on the Madrega. So Hashem Tafka said, I want to show everybody that there, there is, even you can't do it, it's too dangerous, nobody can control, smart as you are, a thousand wise, and they're doing Avodah privately and secret. Um, it's dangerous and it's too dangerous, it should not be done. So, but Tafka, he can't pass this, he's saying and accomplish what he's trying to do, and he won't survive to do it, he dies of Malaslan Young. So, Tafka make an example. That's Shlomo Melech. I find fascinating is he sort of compares Shimshon's job to Shlomo Melech because the Rambam, when he brings down Hilchas Geiris, he says, you shouldn't think for a minute that Shlomo Melech, it's called Yedidya, and Shimshon, who is a Shefet, going to marry a Nachria, Chas v'chalila. So Rambam already makes the Dimian. The only difference is the Harah Shabbat Shlomo, Lamaisa wasn't Mutter, despite his best intention. Shimshin's Harah show was. The plan was actually working. It was ratified. It was already foretold by Yaakov, you know, ratified by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that this is a plan under these circumstances. They should go ahead and do it. The question we have ahead of us, which will take us a while to figure out, is what are the options? How do you pick a fight with the Plishtim without sacrificing Yeruchnius? How do you get embedded enough that they think you're one of them so when you pick a fight they don't strike back at Jews because it's a personal issue and at the same time maintain your status as a Shafit Israel, which he did 20 years. He was Shafit, Paskening Dinim, and he was floating in and out of the community. That's why I say Kleisel sort of understood what he was trying to do even though sometimes they got too nervous in the Hatainas. And keep the Madrega that you're able to keep as Shimshon, which he did 99% successfully. The 1% is going to cost him his life, his eyes and his life, but that's not his madriga. So why is Avdesla comparing the two? That's what I find to be a tremendous chiddush over here. He compares the two, he says, it's a rasha, and it's difficult, this is a rasha. Where did Shlomo go wrong, or where did Shimshon go wrong? See, he's going to explain, but I, I think the dimyan is a chiddush. He was moving toward bringing the foreign monarchs to Yushalayim to impress them with the Nisim and the flows of Akash Baruch Hu, so they could be coming closer to the MS and bringing the whole kingdom with it. In the good old days of ruthless tyrants, I say that facetiously, the only mile they had is if you convince them, they convince their subjects because that's the way it was. Picture like Melech of the Kuzars. Pretty good. He was convinced that all of a sudden the whole kingdom came. In America, that wouldn't happen so quickly. So, well, it depends what political party you're from. I got an opinion and I got rights and I got say, you know, all sorts of things. So, 
we, we can't imagine, so usually it was used for evil. In the case of the Kuzari, it was actually used for good. That was Shlomo Mel's intent. So that's the Odessa means Vagamit Sliach. Kamram now, usually the Gemara Shabbos Dafnun Vav tells you that when the Pasuk says he did Avarazara, that's a mistake. He didn't do it personally. Just his wives did it and he didn't stop them. He wasn't on top of it enough because he was very busy. He takes it even further. A complete mistake? He should have made more macha. He obviously felt it was an ongoing Kira process. Obviously, he was holding because the only critique in the Pasuk is he was a tremendous Sadiq and not exactly the same as David Amel. If he's guilty of Avodazar, you can't use such a description. So, what is the Taina Shlomo Melech? El Shataina Ikaris Ashlomo Hesa. It's not going to happen to me. So once you say that, even if you're really capable of making sure it's not going to happen to you, Hashem is going to make sure it's going to happen. Because you're a king, you're Shlomo Melech, you're too powerful, too prominent, people are going to learn from you that you could take risks. They're not going to do that. So therefore, I can't let you succeed at that either. And therefore, he didn't complete the job. And Rav Desla, and this can be Lashitasa later, holds that the problem with Shlomo and with Shimshin is their gaiva and their madrega being a little bit too self assured that everything's under control. If I can add to that, other Mafarshim say, this is a chiddish, that that was the only problem. Others add that it was that, and that led to the problem of actual laveras going on. In Shlomo Mel's case, they were doing Avodah Zarah, and he shouldn't stop, he should have stopped them, and he didn't, and it gives him the debit in his column of Ki'ilu, he was doing it, because if you could be Mecha and you aren't, then it's a little bit your problem. And with Shimshin, the question, and this is going to be the big question of the whole sugya, was he affected a little bit by the Nachrius who were Megayer without a perfect Geras? And did they get him into somewhat of a pull down in his Madrega? And the answer on some level is yes. So that's not just because he spoke with Gaiva. I think of Desla means that because they assumed everything was under control and he's going to make a diak of Yashar Be'enai, that when his parents objected, what do you got to take her? Enough, they, they weren't aware of the plot. There are enough young ladies in Klai Yisrael and said, no, she's Yashar Be'enai, because in his mind, this was the plan. You got to marry and get mixed up with them and pick a fight. And he was basically right on that. But to say Yashar Be'enai, like my eyes are touching up everything, everything's under control, which it was 99.9%, that's dangerous. So I'm talking about a little bit of gaiva on his madrega, which led to a little bit of a fall of madrega. And you know, Desla compares this to Shlomo Melech, even though Shlomo Melech goes down in history as the smartest, one of the biggest tzaddikim in terms of a monarch, but did not accomplish what he wanted to accomplish for the world order and for Klai Yisrael's chilek in it. And Shimshin is going to fall short as well. So the Dimian is there. The question is, is there a chilek? It seems that 
and I'm not saying Odessa would disagree with this, that Shimshin had marching orders to actually try this plan. And he's going to explain why in just a moment. In the middle paragraph, Nizirusu, he says that this is such a dangerous mission that he had to be born a Nazir, which is not only unusual, Nazir Shimshin is the only example. Matter of fact, it's already almost Rosh Chedesh Elul. That means that Ataris Nadarm is coming up. So you'll notice in your Machser, Ataris Nadarm, it has Afilun Nazir Shimshin in parentheses and brackets. Because many Mepharshim say, I feel in Azira Shemshin, what's the Shaykhis? There is no example of Azira. That was a one-time Harar Shah. No option to become an Azir Shemshin, that's a Nazmi Betan. How can you be a Nazmi Betan? You can't declare yourself an Nazmi Betan because if you're born already and you're talking, obviously you're not an Nazmi Betan. So Shaykhis is what that means. So some put in parentheses, some have a Mahalach. Why do you have to be a Nazir Mibetan? A Nazir is a person who recognizes he needs extra shmiri, wants a high madriga, becomes a Nazir. The answer is his job is so dangerous. He needed to be a Nazir Mibetan. The Kedusha had to start already by his mother not drinking wine and staying away from things that are going to raise his madriga already before he's born. That's how much extra help he needed. And all that is going to help. We're going to see if it uh, gets him there. Go to the bottom paragraph. Maisa Shimshon Ulum Lahayu Az Chus Yisrael Maspikas Sheyutin LeShimshon Chalka Shemashiach. He's not going to finish the job. Whenever a potential Mashiach doesn't finish the job, there's enough. The word blame is a tough word. But we'll use it. It'll help us understand. My example is Bakaychva. The Rambam when he talks about Bakaychva says that Rabbi Kiva thought he could be Mashiach. It doesn't mean he was wrong. He could have been. And then, speaking of the same issue of Gaiva, he got to a point where he was doing so well against the Roman, against such overwhelming odds. It was Mamash Maisa Nisim, and he became overconfident, a little bit of a Baal Gaiva. And at one point, a Chazal say, told the Kosh Baruch Hu, don't help me, don't hinder me. That's a dangerous thing to say. That's more than Gaiva. That's almost uh, fear. Like, I don't need your help. I just don't, don't stop me. That was the beginning of the end. So what went wrong? So he went off a little bit, but Kleisel wasn't Zechad. Kleisel Mezecha, he would have stayed on and he would have been the person to finish it up. And had he been Zechad, maybe Kleisel even if they were lacking. So it's enough blame to go around on the Yachid who's charged with the job and on Kleisel. The Ramam's Lushen over there is it was working well and Rabbi Kiva supported him. Achenere ba'avinus. Avonis is a very fascinating word. If you want to say it's his fault, say If you want to say it's our fault, say The Rambam says neither. He says The Rambam, you have to learn the Rambam like a Rambam. So that word is meduik. Don't blame it on him. It's Klai Yisrael's lack of madriga. They weren't zeicha, and it's his fault. It takes both, and you need both to succeed to be able to see it through. So over here, he starts off pointing out in this paragraph that his chilek and being the Mashiach, you say he's from the wrong shevet anyway, sort of. He, he's uh, half from Yehuda, half or more. So he had a chilek, it didn't get there. Klai Yisrael was a zeicha. 
you see already from the beginning of the story, if you're going to have somebody save Klai Yisrael, everything we learned in the first half of Save a Shefim has been about a Shefet, where Tziat went to battle and won. He went to battle the normal way, representing Klai Yisrael. He wasn't a renegade, he wasn't a spy, he wasn't cloak and dagger. And he won every single Shefet so far. This is the first time we see Klai Yisrael is on a lower madrega, that they deserve to be somewhat saved sometime in a very unusual way, which was dangerous and caustic. Better than nothing. But that's his job over here. And it was never a total victory. This is during this Tkufa. To the extent that Ash Shimshin was doing a lot of damage and hoping they'd understand there'll be more collateral damage. In the middle of everything, they're going to come to Yehuda, as I mentioned before, and demand that they hand over Shimshin. If Shimshin's doing so much damage, how did they have the courage and the kayak to come demand anything? The answer is they were in control. It was a question of just doing enough damage that they should think he's erratic, which he wasn't, he was very controlled, that they should think twice about it. But they still surrounded the next city in Yehuda and demanded that they surrender or surrender him. So it was never a total victory. That's the time I mentioned before, so we didn't do any of these took him yet. So the Ratzon Hashem was Klai Yisrael was getting some Rachamim that some of the heat should be taken off. The oil shouldn't be that bad. And such are the conditions the last 2,000 years in Gullus in many situations, where if we're not at a Gullus, Hashem in various Tkufas makes it lighter so we could survive. And Shimshon is sent to do this job. And since they didn't have the Schusim to fight an open war against the Plishtim, so now he tells you the plan, which we alluded to before. It'll fit with their general language and culture, which means he's going to speak their language and let them know that if they are continuing to be violent, he will be violent as well. And they're going to have to come to terms with the fact that he's not going to play by any rules. Interesting Lushan of go fit according to the way they understand things. In Staten Island, they would say he explained it to them, or in Brooklyn, but pick your neighborhood. So that's not the usual modus operandi of a shayfet. It's either there's a war, so go fight a war. Ask the Ubuntu, go fight a war. They weren't zeichet to that. Majagasam shel aplishtim, page five. Ha pechazim. The plishtim were a very lowly people, tremendously uh, pretzistic and very violent, as we will see from the Hemshech of the Maisa. Gam la asa betor adam prati. He does that in what looks like a very erratic way, and everything is always a surprise. And he does it as an individual. Now he's going to make a very fascinating diak here. And we will um, get to the Pesukim uh, later. We're just bringing down enough to him to understand, as he will uh, show you. 
And the diak is fascinating. Hooray, next paragraph. Arba Pamim Nimsir Shachalov Ruach HaKadosh. Baruch Hashem. There are four times where the Pasik says Beferish that the Ruach Hashem came on him. Now, there's somewhat of a debate about the name Shimshon Agibar in general. Was that from Chazal? Was that from some uh, modern remake? I don't say modern as in the uh, 20th century Lemisparam. But was he naturally a Giber? If you would meet him, if you meet him, you'd probably melt just from his Kedusha. But if you survive that and you see him, was he large and muscular? Or was it, even if you're large and muscular, you can't kill a thousand Plishtim in a shot? So it still takes a nace. The Shail is, was his natural position very strong and he looked very. Uh, foreboding if you saw him you got nervous that what's going to happen now so some of Hashem say he was naturally very strong but still took an ace when he had to do a real feat of strength that would be completely and others say even that's not true so whether we need it's not such an important machlek as uh, his contribution to Klai was his mysterious nefesh and his kadusha and the fact that he was willing to do this despite the fact it was very, very uncomfortable. So you don't need Shimshon HaGiber. The Giber, if you're going to use it, is the Giber HaNefesh. Is it true in the physical sense? Yes, somewhat. And certainly when it says that the Ruach Hashem rested upon him. First example of Techa Ruach Hashem Lepa'amoy was the very first time at Chilas His Galusoy when he was shown he has this Kayach. A lion appears out of nowhere, looks like he wants lunch, and he takes his hands without any weapons and rips apart the lion like you'd rip apart a gadi. Uh, maybe we're very weak. I don't know how easy it is to rip apart a gadi. The marshal is, he ripped apart a lion. If the marshal by us, it would be rip apart like you'd rip a piece of paper. Okay. So apparently... Now, people were stronger then. I don't know. It's Sunday afternoon. Find the Gedi. Make sure Peter is not close by because it's for learning purposes and they're not going to understand. And see if you could, um, how easily you could do it. But that's the example given. He ripped it apart as easily as you'd rip apart a Gedi. So the mushal is interesting. But that was superhuman. Ish, again, saying just killed 30 people. He's going to kill many more later on. But here, it's just that he's trying to show he's annoyed that they got the answers to the riddle illegally. Again, if you're not familiar with these stories, we will get to it inside. He told the people from Yehuda, look out your window, we're surrounded, and they were very nervous. They said, hand me over. Just wrap me up, tie me up, and I'll deal with them when I get there. And when he got to the Plishtim far away from the Yidens, they wouldn't get hurt. He just gives a small little nudge and the heavy ropes fall off. So that's when you saw Boilet, his tremendous yet and strength. Avo. Contrast that with the Shulim, Shehitzitz Beham, Sodus Aplishtim. It's going to be a whole complex plan. He's going to take many foxes, tie their tails together, put torches in, and have them run and destroy the entire crop of the Plishtim. 
that was a very fascinating way to do things and took a lot of strength for your Sunday afternoon activities, try to catch one fox, let alone a few hundred. Uh, they're very crafty and walk backwards very quickly, which Shimshim will use to his advantage when they, what? They have a whole bunch of uh, A lot of deer, and they won't, uh, that's, that's already pretty easy. That took strength, cunning, brilliance, and mysterious nefesh, but it doesn't say over there anything about Ruach Hashem resting upon him. This is an interesting example. The two examples, keep all these in mind before we start and everything will fall into place when we see it. Uh, the two more amazing feats that he did, which seems to be strength that is completely Leila Leila, is he walked uh, straight into the lion's den, so to speak. He walked into Aza, picture like Aza today. Walked to the Gaza Strip and didn't make a secret. of walked right in. You can't miss Shimshin, even if he wasn't all muscle. But he was a person already well-known. His face already was hanging in the post office, in the local uh, Plishti post office. And he walked in, and all of a sudden, everybody knew, he's here. You know, Aza is a walled city with big gates, and they lock the gates at night, and then they don't bother getting him now, and we'll deal with him in the morning, he's ours. And in the middle of the night, this didn't expect, he gets up, the question when we get there, whether he ever went to sleep, this whole thing was <laughs> by design, and he's leaving. He gets up, he goes to the gates, the gates are locked, so he picks up the entire wall with the gates and his shoulders, and he just lifts it out of the ground, and he starts walking with it, he's walking with the whole gate, with the whole wall. Does this literally? And he's watching him, and he walks far, like up the mountain, and he's carrying the whole wall. And Abdesla points out, it's not fascinating, it doesn't say anything about Ruach Hashem over there. That's why I said, it's a tzad that Hashem gave him the natural strength ongoing, even without the extra Ruach Hashem, he was able to even do more with the Ruach Hashem. And his final feat of bravery, which gets him killed, is when he takes pillars, even if they're close together. Um, next time you're at a chasna, go to your, the nearest marble pillar and try to budget. Don't try too hard, because I don't want any lawsuits. Rahmalutzlan, uh, but uh, it's not going anywhere. And that last one, when the whole Colosseum comes down, it doesn't say... Ruach Hashem. It says he davens, he asked Hashem for some strength back, but that wasn't the peak of it. So it's giving you an idea that he was born with the bracha of this strength to use, and then sometimes he needed an extra dose. So he realized the keiches that he had, and he's going to use it, and he's going to pick a fight. My question, before we finish this little piece, I'm wondering, and I don't have a good raya, and this, the answer to this makes a big difference, Something's going to go wrong on his madrega. He accomplishes 99% of the job. Something goes wrong. He suffers personally for this. He gets a kapara, goes to Elam Haba as the greatest tzaddikim, and I'll remind you many times, the entire Birchus Yaakov in Hosheva Dun is talking about Shimshin, not talking about the Shevet. Just to understand his godless here. So whatever he did wrong, wherever he fell short on his madrega, it's going to be always difficult to figure out. With that said, the plan, as Avdesler is explaining, was to sort of integrate and look like he's one of them and pick a personal fight and scare them, which he did very well. 
What was the other option? The Taina is going to be with the Nashim Nachrius. They were Magaya, the Geras was Chal, but there's still Nashim Nachrius. And he got into some trouble, again, his Madrega, some trouble, a little more trouble, and then with Dalila, even more trouble. And that's going to do him in. She's the most complicated of them all. And we're going to be months and months into this by the time we even get to her, but she was so complex. We're not even sure was she a Geras, was she Jewish? She was off. What was she doing? And God's not even sure that, not even pushed that she was a plishtim yisoid. And we're not going to be able to figure out that quickly what her motive was. We're going to have to try to figure it out. But whatever it is, he fell in. No. So what was the other option? Is there another option in this plan? Can you integrate yourself with the plishtim and pick a fight, a personal fight, without marrying these women? Was there an option here? So I'm not saying there was. There had to have been some better way to do this because on some level there's some taina. And what was that? Because what he took on, even in his job description, was too dangerous. I was thinking, why don't you, instead of marrying into them, why don't you just start some businesses with them and let nature take its course, and then you'll get into a big fight and pick a fight with the, with the partners there, and then kill 30 plishtim and then go call that. Why do you need to marry in? No, does that sound reasonable to all the businessmen over here? You want to pick a personal vendetta. There's no shortage of... Uh, nobody, that's my own chiddush, nobody brings that up as a possibility. We'll never know because the madrega is so high and the mistake is so dark that Rav Desley, even though he's spelling everything out, doesn't tell us the secret. What could he have done differently? So just mentioning that as a possibility, it's a chiddush. Pashas is... He understood, because the Pusik says that, the first one he wants to marry. His parents said, what do you need her for? They're short. The Shidduch market is not that schwer. And the Pusik says, his parents didn't know, may Hashem That's a pretty good haskama, may Hashem no? So I'm going to argue with the Pusik. The Pusik says, may Hashem So Hashem means this is a way to integrate, but maybe there's a better way. That's the Kiddush. I admit it. Avi, you were going to tie the Pusik? No, You're saying that as an American, which I don't blame you for, because you happen to be American. I'll remind you in Bavel, they came out, didn't do any business with the guy at all, which is why there's a Shaila Mishayim. How do you make a Kenyan with a guy? Basic Shaila. How do you make a Kenyan with a guy? And we're baffled. How can there be a Shaila and Mishayim? How we pass? Can you make a Kenyan with a guy? What did they do then? The answer is they didn't. So they were pretty, pretty much to themselves, which is what the Pasuk in Parshas Ekev says like 10 times. Go and take this all, just have nothing to do with them, get rid of them, don't get into the Vodazar. They kept that pretty well. There were, it doesn't sound like there were any joint ventures in Gaza. Right, right. There wasn't that much business, and even when they did, in the Middle Ages, there wasn't that much business either. They were just money lending, money lending, serving schnapps, and serving schnapps. It wasn't that much business. Collecting rents, did I forget that? Yeah, that was, that was the dangerous one. Other than traveling that was later. That mercantile class became, that was more in Poland later on. And they were, they were farmers, and they, they try to keep their distance. So, Avi, I don't blame you for being born here, looking at the thing, but uh, <laughs> I don't think that was too much of a possibility, and it wasn't even encouraged. 
uh, we have Kazeris Chazal that discouraged it, as a matter of fact. He's end up hanging around with them. Yes? Yeah, but if you have to do truth in that and marrying uh, Gaita, <laughs> both quite unconventional. I would have picked the former. I'm not saying I'm right, because the Pusik seems to indicate not so. You had a question before? Tell me about section. Let's finish the paragraph. Vizem is buyer. This is all, everything in the introduction you've got to remember over the next uh, few months. Vizem is buyer. So now he's going down to them. He wants to make a strong impression on them, which he did. And he almost does it in a way to ridicule them, which he's trying to do, to put them in their place. You tie up foxes with torches that burn up everything. But that was his idea, understanding. That was part of his role. And there's no criticism for that part. Because when they capture him and he has to break out of these ropes, he has that Ruach Hashem. All of a sudden he gets very thirsty to the point he's almost dying of dehydration. And Hashem makes another nace to have a spring from a jaw. And he's drinking. Why that happened, why he needed that nace, we'll yet discuss when we see it. He picked up the whole gate and the whole wall to show his strength to scare them. And that was believed Ruach HaKedosh. He knew that was the right thing to do. Again, no criticism of that. Criticism might be why he went down there to that Mokum in the first place. So his madrega was such that even without direct Ruach HaKedosh and the Ruach HaShem, he was able to do incredible things. So all this is good. This is complementary to Shimshin as a tzaddik and the success of his role. Notice Rav Desla's position. Desla clearly learns this was part of the plan and he had to marry them with the due process of the Geras. And that had the Hechshah Shnepel Min HaShemayim. Hayilman, Limsa Alilas Pratias Alein, Kemifurish Bekram, Eis HaShem, Haya HaDover. Kitana Hu Mavakesh Miplishtim. That's why I say my pshat is difficult to fit into this pasuk. Unlike the Rasha of Shlomo, which the pasuk says he shouldn't have done. He had the possibility in his madrega and his kedusha, the fact that he was a nazir, to ensure that kedusha. And it was possible for him to pass this Nisayan. Of course it was possible, because if it's impossible to pass an Nisayan, then it's not an Nisayan by definition. You can't have an Nisayan life, you can't pass. That's not an Nisayan. You can have a matzav that it's not shaykh to pass, in which case it wasn't an Nisayan. It was just part of maybe a payback for a different Nisayan that was failed, but it's not an Nisayan per se. Here, Avdesler, three-quarters of the way through this page, shows you his godless and his special bracha and his tremendous innate kayach even without the special that he was able to do this job. Where did he fall short? So now, 
he's about to explain the mistake, and as he alluded to before, Dessler holds that on his madrega, his mistake was one or two words that might have sounded like gaiva and might have shown you that in his head he was so sure of his kedusha that he let his guard down just a drop. And in life, even a low madrega, that's usually what happens with from people. From people are not looking to do the wrong thing. They have a Yitzhahara, and the Yitzhahara tries hard to dress it up as a Yitzhahara, as a mitzvah, and the Yitzhahara will tell you, yes, it's a little dangerous, but this is a mitzvah, and you can handle it. And that's not always true. So it's gaiva that you're convincing yourself that you're up to this task, and within the many risks you're taking, you might take a risk that's slightly larger than life, the uh, Peleyotes are not out, so we'll continue for a few minutes. Hinei, so what was the mistake? That he was up to the task of this very unique and difficult Harasha. Your eyes are used, created to be used for good, but they're dangerous tools. And you cannot rely on just what you're seeing with your physical eyes. was trained before birth. Certainly the chinuch he got after birth. He held, and he was 99.9% right, that he was already on the madrega, that his eyes should be able to touch up what he should do in every situation because everything he was doing was unusual. And even though it looks dangerous, he should do it anyway because that's his tachos hachayim. And that he's doing it l'shem shamayim. Came out all the time. Hutra page six. Even though he compares it to Shlomo, and the Ramam brings them both, saying they are both undergoing a geiris, which was chal. The chilik is that Shlomo also meant 99.999% l'shem shamayim. It was just too dangerous. Here, Avdesla says, for Shimshin, it also ended up being dangerous, but this he could have passed. What's the chilek? As I mentioned before, I think that Shlomo Melech could have passed, and Hashem ensured he wouldn't, because as Melech Yisrael, you can't do a Roshah, because Lederis, people will say, that Melech Yisrael could do this as a matter of public policy, and that will never allow even as a Roshah. Desla doesn't say that chilek, but I think he would approve of it. That's an important chilek. Shimshin is a Shefet Yisrael, but he did it as a private citizen, and therefore... He could perhaps safely assume that you could do this harasha and that people won't assume the risk. You could do that. It's a little less dangerous. It didn't end up being less dangerous for him as the individual, though, as we will explain. Next paragraph. So where was the point? Oh, 1% of mistake. This is so deep. That's why we're going to re-explain this as we see everything inside. 
But you just have to know coming in, the godless of Shimshin, and how dark, whatever pshat you come up with, how dark the mistake is going to be. And you need a riot from a medrash, you can't just say it. So Abdes brings a riot. The medrash Tanchuma says that his niska means Lashon Gaiva. And his madrega, his Gaiva was through the kli that he let go of for a moment and thought he had it under control, and that's his eyes. Shimshim Mamashin is Gabo told his parents early on, his parents objected, why her? Take her, Kihi Yashar Be'enai. He didn't say, And I have to do it, but that's my tachas in life. His parents knew that he was born a very, very unusual young man, that he had a special role. But once he uses the word, Yashar Be'enai, that already, on his madrega, is a dangerous thing to say. That sounds very harsh, but we're dealing with big people. Small mistakes are big mistakes and big punishments. And this gaiva was a bagam. It took away some of his lishma. sounds like, what are you going marrying a gaita for? It says, this wasn't taiva. It says in the Pusik, Pusik is made on him. What did he do wrong? First of all, the word merid means you're rebelling as a kaifu merid, as like a kaifer, taiva as an avera, but that's not merid. The word doesn't fit, and so it doesn't fit for Shimshin. Because the Pasuk says, Hashem told him he has this role. The Gemara asks this. Unbelievable diak. What's Yashruse? Because he used the word Yashar Be'enai. And for Shimshin, that was a tiny bit of Gaiva. That I feel it's right. Gaiva already is married. You look at all the Chazals on Gaiva. Hashem says, not enough room for me and you on this earth if you're a Bal Gaiva. That's already a merit. It wasn't taiva. It was the fact that he was able to say the words, Yasha Be'enai. Once you have I in it, I as in the letter, the letter I, that already is a sakana, especially when you're doing what Shimshin is doing. Matsinu Dava Pella. Shimshin Ishtadl Lizar Hesna Lagas Labal Yazga. Hesna Lachas means that you do everything in a very, very undercover way. You don't talk about your mitzvahs. You don't show them off. And it's a sign of real anivus. Shimshin, as we will see in the Pasuk, had this. Then when he ripped apart that lion, it was Derek Agav. His parents went through the vineyard. He was a Nazar, so he didn't go near the vineyard. He walked around, and he met a lion. Ripped it apart. Quite an ace. Never been done before. Shows up as parents, meets them up, continues walking, and doesn't mention a word. I think most of us would be very proud, even if we were grown up already. He said, Ta, you wouldn't believe who I just met. Now, who did you just meet? I don't know, his name is Pabi Ari, something like that, and just ripped him apart. And Hashem really helped me out. Mentioned it's not such gaiva. Didn't say a word because he was a tremendous honor. That was one of his calling cards. 
So why is this a taina? The answer is because it's one of his calling cards, and you have to be a tremendous honor to be a manig in Klai Yisrael. That's why it was a taina. Matzina davar pella sheshimshin shtadul izarb. That's not lekas labal yisgar shaharei kasher shasas ari lasafel l'shomad. They didn't tell anybody. Not then. Not later. Feel the lahir of not even his parents. B'chal zayis benakuda daka shabadaka nizgar beyasher zainav. And when he says the words yasher beinai in my eyes mishum zeh lagiya malasa lasas mashiach and fells he fell short a tiny bit short. He starts saving Klaisal, makes a Rashem, does a good job, but does not get to complete the job. Savdesla says the beginning of the mistake and the entire mistake was a little bit of gaiva, a little bit of ani in the equation, and that led him to make mistakes that he's going to make on his madrega. Still goes down. History is a tzaddik who saved Klai Yisrael to the extent he could, but was not zeichet to finish the job. Mitzvah Shem will continue next week.